0: Chapter twenty eight of Mr. Sponge's sporting tour by Robert Smith Surtees. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty eight the faithful groom. We left our friend Mr. Sponge wending his way home moodily after having lost his day at Larkhall Hill. Some of our readers will perhaps say, why didn't he clap on and try to catch up the hounds at a check, or at all events rejoin them for an afternoon fox? Gentle reader, Mr. Sponge did not hunt on those terms. He was a front rank, or a nowhere man, and independently of catching hounds up being always a fatiguing and hazardous speculation, especially on a fine scenting day, the exertion would have taken more out of his horse than would have been desirable for a successful display in a second run. Mr. Sponge therefore determined to go home. As he sauntered along, musing on the mishaps of the chase, wondering how Miss Jawleyford would look, and playing himself an occasional tune with his spur against his stirrup, who should come trotting behind him but Mr. Leather on the redoubtable chestnut? Mr. Sponge beckoned him alongside. The horse looked blooming and bright, his eye was clear and cheerful, and there was a sort of springy graceful action that looked like easy going one always fancies a horse most with another man on him we see all his good points without feeling his imperfections his trippings or startings or snatchings or borings or roughness of action and mr sponge proceeded to make a silent estimate of multamin parvo's qualities as he trotted gently along on the grassy side of the somewhat wide road by jove it's a pity but his lordship had seen him thought sponge as the emulation of companionship made the horse gradually increase his pace and steal forward with the lightest freest action imaginable if he was but all right continued sponge with a shake of the head he would be worth any money for he has the strength of a dray-horse with the symmetry and action of a racer then sponge thought he shouldn't have an opportunity of showing the horse till thursday for jack had satisfied him that the next day's meet was quite beyond distance from jawleyford court it's a bore," said he rising in his stirrups and tickling the piebald with his spurs as if he were going to set to for a race he thought of having a trial of speed with the chestnut up a slip of turf they were now approaching but a sudden thought struck him and he desisted "'These horses have done nothing to-day,' he said. "'Why shouldn't I send the chestnut on for to-morrow?' "'Do you know where the crossroads are?' he asked his groom. "'Crossroads? Crossroads? What crossroads?' replied Leather. "'Where the hounds meet to-morrow.' "'Oh, the crossroads at something bone,' rejoined Leather thoughtfully. "'No, deed, I don't,' he added. "'From all counts they seem to be somewhere on the far side of the world.' That was not a very encouraging answer, and feeling it would require a good deal of persuasion to induce Mr. Leather to go in search of them, without clothing and the necessary requirements for his horses, Mr. Sponge went trotting on, in hopes of seeing some place where he might get a sight of the map of the county. So they proceeded in silence, till a sudden turn of the road brought them to the spire and housetops of the little agricultural town of Barleybol it differed to nothing from the ordinary run of small towns it had a pond at one end an inn in the middle a church at one side a fashionable milliner from london a merchant tailor from the same place and a hardware shop or two where they also sold treacle dartford gunpowder pocket-handkerchiefs sheep-nets patent medicines cheese blacking marbles mole-traps men's hats and other miscellaneous articles it was quite enough of a town, however, to raise a presumption that there would be a map of the county at the inn. "'We'll just put the horses up for a few minutes, I think,' said Sponge, turning into the stable-yard at the end of the Red Lion Hotel and Posting House, adding, "'I want to write a letter, and perhaps,' said he, looking at his watch, "'you may be wanting your dinner.' Having resigned his horse to his servant, Mr. Sponge walked in receiving the marked attention usually paid to a red coat mine host left his bar where he was engaged in the usual occupation of drinking with customers for the good of the house a map of the county of such liberal dimensions was speedily produced as would have terrified any one unaccustomed to distances and scales on which maps are laid down for instance jawleyford court as the crow flies was the same distance from the crossroads at dallington burn as york was from london in a map of england hanging beside it it's a goodish way said sponge getting a lighter off the chimney-piece and measuring the distances from jawleyford court to billingsborough rise say seven miles from billingsborough rise to downington wharf another seven from downington wharf to shepcut which seems the nearest point will be say five or six perhaps nineteen or twenty in all well that's my work he observed scratching his head at least my hacks and from here home he continued measuring away as he spoke will be twelve or thirteen well that's nothing he said now for the horse he continued again applying the lighter to a different direction "'From here to Hardington will be, say, eight miles. "'From Hardington to Bewley another five, eight and five or thirteen. "'And there I should say he might sleep. "'That would leave ten or twelve miles for the morning. "'Nothing for a hack-hunter, especially such a horse as that. "'And one that's done nothing for I don't know how long.' Altogether Mr. Sponge determined to try it especially considering that if he didn't get Tuesday there would be nothing till Thursday, and he was not the man to keep a hack-hunter standing idle. Accordingly, he sought Mr. Leather, whom he found busily engaged in the servant's apartment with a cold round of beef and a foaming flagon of ale before him. "'Leather,' he said, in a tone of authority, "'I'll hunt to-morrow. Ride the horse I should have ridden to-day.' "'Where at? asked Leather, diving his fork into a bottle of pickles, and fishing out an onion. "'The crossroads,' replied Sponge. "'The crossroads be fifty mile from here,' cried Leather. "'Nonsense,' rejoined Sponge. "'I've just measured the distance. It's nothing of the sort.' "'How far do you make it, then?' asked Leather, tucking in the beef. "'Why, from here to Hardington is about six, and from Hardington to Bewley four. Ten in all,' replied Sponge.' "'You can stay at Bewley all night, and then it is but a few miles on in the morning.' "'And whatever am I to do for clothing?' asked Leather, adding, "'I've nothing with me, nothing neither for os nor man.' "'Oh, the ostler will lend you what you want,' replied Sponge, in a tone of determination, adding, "'You can make shift for one night, surely.' "'One night, surely?' retorted Leather. "'Do you think an os can't be ruined in one night?' <laughs> i'll risk it said sponge but i won't replied leather blowing the foam from the tankard and taking a long swig at the ale i think i knows my duty to my governor better nor that continued he setting it down i'll not see his wallable hunters stowed away in pigsties not i indeed the fact was leather had an invitation to sup with the servants at jawleyford court that night and he was not going to be done out of his engagement especially as Mr. Sponge only allowed him two shillings a day for expenses wherever he was. "'Well, you're a cool hand, anyhow,' observed Mr. Sponge, quite taken by surprise. "'Cool hand or not cool hand?' replied Leather, munching away. "'I'll do my duty to my master. I'm not one of your coatless, characterless scamps what hang about livery-stables ready to do anything they bid.' "'No, sir, no,' he continued, pronging another onion i have some regard for the hint'rest of my master i'll do my duty in the station of life in which i'm placed and i won't be afraid to face no man so saying mr leather cut himself a grand circumference of beef mr sponge was taken aback for he had never seen a conscientious livery stable helper before and did not believe in the existence of such articles however here was mr leather assuming a virtue whether he had it or not and Mr. Sponge being in the man's power, of course, durst not quarrel with him. It was clear that Leather would not go, and the question was, what should Mr. Sponge do? "'Why shouldn't I go myself?' he thought, shutting his eyes as if to keep his faculties free from outward distraction. He ran the thing quickly over in his mind—' what leather can do i can do he said remembering that a groom never demeaned himself by working where there was an ostler these things i have on will do quite well for to-morrow at least among such rough-and-ready dogs as the flat-hat men who seem as if they had their clothes pitched on with a fork his mind was quickly made up and calling for pen ink and paper he wrote a hasty note to jawleyford explaining why he would not cast up till the morrow. He then got the chestnut out of the stable, and desiring the ostler to give the note to Leather, and tell him to go home with his hack, he just rode out of the yard without giving Leather the chance of saying nay. He then jogged on at a pace suitable to the accurate measurement of the distance. The horse seemed to like having Sponge's red coat on better than Leather's brown, and champed at his bit, and stepped away quite gaily. "'Confound it!' exclaimed Sponge, laying the rein on its neck, and leaning forward to pat him. "'It's a pity but you were always in this humour. You'd be worth a mint of money if you were.' He then resumed his seat in the saddle, and bethought him how he would show them the way on the morrow. "'If he doesn't beat every horse in the field, it shan't be my fault,' thought he. And thereupon he gave him the slightest possible touch with the spur, and the horse shot away up the strip of grass like an arrow." by joe but you can go said he pulling up as the grass ran out upon the hard road thus he reached the village of hardington which he quickly cleared and took the well-defined road to beaulie a road adorned with milestones and set out with a liberal horse-track at either side day had closed ere our friend reached beaulie but the children returning from school and the country folks leaving their work kept assuring him that he was on the right line till the lights of the town bursting upon him as he rounded the hill above showed him the end of his journey the best stalls at the head inn the bull's head were all full several trusty grooms having arrived with the usual head stalls and rolls of clothing on their horses denoting the object of their mission most of the horses had been in some hours and were now standing well littered up with straw while the grooms were in the tap talking over their masters, discussing the merits of their horses, or arguing whether Lord Scamperdale was mad or not. They had just come to the conclusion that his lordship was mad, but not incapable of taking care of his affairs, when the trampling of Sponge's horse's feet drew them out to see who was coming next. Sponge's red coat at once told his tale, and procured him the usual attention. Mr. Leather's fear of the want of clothing for the valuable hunter proved wholly groundless, for each groom having come with a plentiful supply for his own horse, all the inn stock was at the service of the stranger. The stable, to be sure, was not quite so good as might be desired, but it was warm and water-tight, and the corn was far from bad. Altogether Mr. Sponge thought he would do very well, and having seen to his horse, proceeded to choose between beefsteaks and mutton-chops for his own entertainment, and with the aid of the old country paper, and some very questionable port, he passed the evening in anticipation of the sport of the morrow. End of chapter 28